0: Hotel is going to be an awesome place. We're talking about community. Look at your neighbor and say community. I kind of feel like last week I put the the screws down on something that I want to tighten them just a little tighter. And it is this, that there is a personal responsibility for us to participate with community. When, When you look at the Word of God... And I'm specifically now referencing the church as a community. When you look at the Word of God, it is very clear that Jesus Christ did not come into this world and give his life for a social club, he did not come into this world and give his life for a place for people to come and be consumers. When Jesus talked about, upon this rock I will build my church, that ekklesia in the Greek, that, that upon this rock I will build my church, the idea of the church was a called out people who gather, who gather, a gathering of people. And, and the early church must have understood it fully in its context, the way that they brought themselves together in community. They, they understood the church to be a new community, established within the already existing community of their society. And so, the church, this idea of community, I said last week that, that it is my prayer for us to develop a culture of connection in the church, that, that, that the church is not a place I go to, but it is a place that I am a part of. And when I, when I say that, you know, I don't exactly know how... I don't know how else to articulate that, but on the same token, I really don't know how to make that happen other than to cast a vision here in our church for community. To say that a part of us intrinsically, a part of who we are as a people is that we are not one of those churches that you go to and you live your Christian experience separate from the community. Now, I understand that that does happen. Matter of fact, through the years of pastoring, we live, we live in a, a community at large here in the Tulsa metro that has several, what would be considered in the, in the great scheme of church considerations, they would be considered mega churches. Is say, well, what designates a mega church? Well, there's about 15 different theories on that. Some say a mega church is anything above a 1,000. Others say that a megachurch is anything above 3,000 people on the weekend. Well, even either one of those, we have several churches here in our community that would be ascribed as a megachurch. But, you know, in pastoring this community through these years, I I find it very interesting that um, there are people who specifically choose that kind of church because they don't want to connect with anyone. All right. It's going to get even quieter before this is over, I promise you. But if First Church is any indication. But they've said things like this to me personally. They've said this to me personally. I want to go to church there because I can get lost in the crowd. I can just get lost in the crowd. I don't have to deal with relationships. Well, you know, I have friends that pastor several of these churches, and I will tell you that at the heart of every pastor I know, even if they pastor a megachurch, that is absolutely not at their heart. They would, they would absolutely tell you that, that, man, that is contrary to anything I believe is scriptural about the church. That somebody would choose a church that is so large that they could just remain in isolation. Because clearly, scripturally... We can, we can see that the church was built on this idea that the people gather together. They gather together. There is this thing about togetherness that is vital to the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, I will tell you that, that it is a key part of the kingdom of God that, that we are together. It's a key part of the kingdom of God that we are together. Together. Matter of fact, the apostle even wrote these words and said, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't forsake this, this idea of coming together, this idea of building community. It's vital to the kingdom of God. And you know what? The enemy fights against togetherness in the church. I mean, if there's anything that, that I have tracked through the years, all these years of pastoring, if there's anything that I have tracked that, could, that, that, that brings disruption, it, 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 it slows the vision, it, 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 you know, it seems like ministry stalls. If there is anything that a stall minister in the church is when the body gets fragmented what when there's this unity where people are pulling against one another or where people just say, you know what, I just want to go to church. I don't really want to be a part of the church. And so I understand that that's a, a cultural shift, that there, that there has to be this dynamic in your heart and in my heart that says, you know what, I, I want to be committed to community. I want to be committed to community. And so, you know, last week we, we started these surveys for For our connect groups. That we want to be very intentional about helping people connect. And we had a great response last week. But listen, if you were not here last week, you'd say, well, Pastor, I didn't get the chance to take that survey. Well, there's the website. You can go to this website, triumphtulsa.com slash connect. Can't get any easier than that. You will pull up a survey. Now, if you, get, if, if you just get an information sheet that wants your address all that, that's not the survey. You've typed something wrong. Go to triumphtulsa.com forward slash connect, and you should get the survey. It'll ask for your name. It'll ask for your email address, and I think your phone number. That's all the personal information. And then from there, it's just you can scroll through it, and you can see it's a big old honking survey. Okay? On that survey, you can tell us what are your interests, and what might you be interested in leading? So that's one way to do it. That's called the smartphone technology way to do it. But for those of you that have a difficult time with technology, we have a paper copy for you in the information center. We'll even give you the pen. We're going to make it as easy as we can. To say, you know what, just go to the information center, get a pen, and get the survey. And before you leave today, fill it out and turn it in. Pastor Trent is here to answer all your questions. Right now he's back there holding a baby, but he's the guy that played this guitar right here. If you have any questions concerning that. But hey, we want to make it easy for people to join Connect Groups and and to start Connect Groups. And that's the way we're doing it. To build what? Community. Because we're not going to stand here and say, well... We want you to do this and then not give you a tool to do it. I am standing here today, again, appealing to us that there is a personal responsibility that we need to accept in our lives that I need to avail myself in community with other people. I need to open myself up. I will admit that most people that I have talked to that said they go to a large church or they're completely separated away because they don't want to deal with people, most of the time that's because of hurt. And I pray for those people that they can find a way to bring that back around in their life. Because ministry gifts operate through community, not in isolation. Everything about the kingdom of God operates through togetherness, not in isolation. We were not meant to be alone. I think it's very clear when we read Acts chapter 2. Check check these verses out. In verse number 41 it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted, I mean, that, they became very intentional about this community. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Everybody say, together. And had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. Everybody say together. In the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together. Everybody say together. With glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God prospered the church that understood the power of together. God prospered the church that understood the power of together, And so listen, it's not just in the way we connect with one another, but it's also in our mentality concerning community when it comes to our giving. I don't believe that God just wants us to be a connecting community. I'm preaching to you today that God also wants us to be a giving community. That we give of ourselves. I, 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 I could talk a long time about either one of these. Not going to do it today. It's not the lesson. But I will tell you that God has given us seed in our life. That we have seed of time. We have seed of talent. And we have seed of treasure. And I believe that it is the will of God for everyone who Claims to be a part of the church to understand the personal responsibility that every one of us has to be a functioning member of society. And to sow seed in all three areas of our life. That we're willing to give. That we're willing to give. Why? Because the kingdom of God operates on togetherness. And our shared resources are so vital. Because what we can do together is so much larger than what we could ever do by ourselves. You know, I mean, I see the, the ministry that we do in the Philippines, which is a very powerful thing, and, and I see what we do in togetherness. It's a group of people. There's a real estate agent, that's Pastor Shane. He started it. He's a real estate agent. There's a car lot owner. That's We call her Sister Walt, and uh, she's been going with Shane. For, for all of these years, and, 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 and she sows, she you know, sows from her car lot. We got a real estate agent a car lot. We got a, a pastor, that's me. I'm going on this trip. I pastor this church, if y'all didn't figure that one out yet, and um, there's some measure of, of that, and it, so there's a, a real estate agent, there's a car lot owner, there's a pastor, and then there's an entertainer, okay? The vice president of the ministry is Scott Presley. If you've ever gone to Branson, the name of the show is Brant, uh, Presley's Country Jubilee. And Scott Presley is the guitar playing son of Herkimer, Gary Presley. And so we've got a real estate agent. We've got a car lot owner. We've got a pastor. We've got an entertainer. What kind of weird mix is that? And then we've got a high school student. That's what we've got going on the trip right now. We got, we got real estate, cars, church, entertainment, high school, probably the best one among us. But you see, but it's a group of people that are getting together, and, and, and Pastor Scott is great. Scott Presley's also, now they've started a church in Branson, and, and, and Pastor Scott's also a pastor as well, so he's entertainer slash pastor, so... Um, which maybe that's what we all are. But anyway, um, are you entertained? Anyway, but I mean, do you understand that it's a group of people who come from diverse places but have seed that, that is sown into our lives from those diverse places and us getting together and saying, you know what, I can't have, I can't, you know, from this church, we can't support. Um, You know, eight churches in the Philippines. We can't support a children's ministry in the Philippines. We can't support um, street kid ministry in the Philippines. We can't support bad job ministry in the Philippines. We don't have enough resources here at Triumph to fund all of everything we've got going on. But, but, but you know, it, 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 and Shane was like that. I can't support the whole thing out of a real estate business in Walsh's. I can't support the whole thing out of a car business and Scott's. I can't support the entire thing out of entertainment, being a member of a show in Branson. But listen, if all of us can get together... Then, then, you know, if we, if we get together in this, if there is a system of togetherness that catch our and we can pull our resources. And so what we're doing, we're sowing of our time. Man, we're taking nine days, 10 days out of our life. To go there and do this, we're sowing of our talent. Man, I'm preaching, I'm singing, I'm I'm, I'm teaching a pastor seminar, and Scott's playing a guitar and he's preaching and he's singing, he's testifying, and Walt's testifying and Breeze testifying. And Pastor Shane is—he don't have no talent at all, but he's doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is he's preaching. I mean, we're all, so we're sowing of our talent. We're giving of that. And then our finances, man. This expensive stuff we're doing. and But we're going there. Why? Out of our own heart, we're sowing our finances to make sure. And we do it as a monthly basis at the church. We sow it in this ministry. Why? Because we want to feed some kids. And we want to help some pastors pastor some churches. And so the whole thing is built in this idea of together we can do so much more than what we can do individually. This would never happen in a one man band. Right. But the kingdom of God, listen, plug it in your brain, oh, the kingdom of God has never been a one man band operation. Right. Never. Look at all the times together crops up in this in these verses. They were together. They ate together. They gave together. They worshiped together. There's all of this idea of together, and it's no wonder the enemy pulls against that. The enemy would like to keep us divided. The enemy would like to keep us on isolation. The enemy would like to say, well, no, you just have church in your living room by yourself, and it's good enough. But that's not what the kingdom of God's built around. The kingdom of God's built around together. And when we get together, Amazing things happen. Why? Because we can do so much more together. Do so much more together. Now it's fixing to get real quiet. And you're soon going to find out why. I mean, I think about community. Whether you want to admit it or not, we all live in one. Whether it's rural or city, whether it's suburban, there's some measure of community it's everywhere because people are meant to be together people are wired by god to live in community my family several years ago we moved we moved here permanently in 1995 to begin our pastoral ministry 1995 20 years when we considered moving here, we had options. We ended up choosing a particular option, a place to live. We chose it specifically because we knew we had a child on the way. We knew that there would probably be at least one more. And we wanted to settle in a place where we knew that there was a school system there that, that we felt was quality. And so that's why we specifically, I mean literally, we chose Jinx, Oklahoma because of the school district why we went there. Knowing that property taxes in Jinx were just a little higher. And knowing that as far as I'm aware of, in the history of of, of Jinx, there has never been a bond issue that has failed. Never. I mean, every time... The city of Jinx wants to re-up a bond to help the public school system there. The community overwhelmingly, like 95% overwhelmingly has, through the history of it, that I'm aware of, has always overwhelmingly passed those bond issues. Why? Because there's, there's, there is a value placed on that in the community. Okay? See, I told you, see, now y'all just real quiet. And so I go on the Jinx Public School. Boston is in there now. Baylor was in there before, and and um, you know we, we we drive on campus. And I I'll be honest with you, I if you've never seen the Jinx Public School campus, I marvel at at at, at what is there. I mean, I marvel. I mean, I mean, Jinx Public School campus rivals major universities when campuses are concerned. It does. I mean, it's state of the art. I mean, I'm talking about freakishly state of the art. Several so years ago, there was a bond issue passed. We were part of that vote. They bonded. We voted to, we're going to build an aquatic center. An aquatic center. Okay? Lots of like swimming pools. Movie stars? No, I'm just in And And, you know. You know what, the U.S. Olympic, the U.S. Olympic team, have, have, that, that aquatic center is so state-of-the-art that the U.S. Olympic team have, for years now, tried to figure out how they can bring their training and, and their, and, and their um, you know, people who are trying out for the team to bring it there, to bring it there, because, the, because the, it's so state-of-the-art. And, and the only thing that keeps them from doing that is that they don't feel like there's enough parking. They feel like it would be extremely disruptive to the community to, to influx that aquatic center with, with that kind of traffic that that would take. And that's the only thing. I mean, as far as a, a building goes, as far as swimming pools go, as far as diving boards go, as far as all that goes, man, this place has got it, man. I mean, the U.S. Olympic team would say, man, that place has got it. And I think to myself, I bought at least a piece of PVC pipe for that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some tiles in there that I've bought, that I've bought. That's called property tax, but I've bought it. Bond issues. You know, I mean, we've been living there a long time. We've invested in a lot of money in the pride that we have in that community, to our school. I mean, nobody ever, nobody ever comes back and says, you know, we don't need. No, man, if they, they, you know, need a gym. We understand that that is the, okay, see, I've lost all y'all, because some of you are thinking, man, he is now preaching (laughs) pro-tax. I didn't say this in first church. I said that in first church, but I didn't say this. No, no, I I said this in first church. No, actually, I'm not pro-tax. I am pro-community. Okay, follow with me for a second. There's some taxes I pay that I just gripe because I know it's going into a black hole of nothing. Okay? I mean, I'm talking about wasteful spending. I don't want to buy or pay for another study on cockroaches. Okay? I mean, it gripes me. They do these spending reports that come out that they spent $42 million studying cockroaches. Let me tell you everything you need to know about cockroaches. Exterminator. That's all, that's all I need to know about a cockroach. Is kill it. Raid. That's it. But when it comes to community. I'm willing to give. I'm willing to give, I'm willing. I'm willing to do, I'm willing to be a part of a community that I know is going to cost me a little more, but I'm a part of that community because I value what they do. I value what they do. And we do all of that as a community. Nobody has enough money to do it on their own. Around us. Nobody in my neighborhood does. But when we get together, as 10 becomes 100, and 100 becomes 1,000, and 1,000 becomes 10,000. When the people are willing to be a resource. Does that make sense? And to us, that's a value. And we value that. And I, I wonder here at our church, if we can understand that same scope. Because, because, you know, I understand there have been financial scandals, and I understand ministries have abused things, and they've abused people's time, they've abused people's talent, they've abused people's treasure. But I'm just wondering, do we value community enough? That in the local church setting, we recognize that we must be a giving community. There's just something in my heart I mean, we buy diapers. I ain't got no kids in diapers. But we buy diapers as a church. They say, who do you buy diapers for? Well, we give them to all the complainers. No, I'm joking. Want to be a... Want to be Act like a baby? Here's your diaper. (laughs) Pastoral Counseling 101. You know what I'm saying? I don't like the way y'all painted that wall black. Here's your diaper. Actually, 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 we buy diapers because we value people. And when our nursery workers are tending your child and it's time for you to go pick your child up, we strive with everything that was in us to 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 give you a child back that has a clean diaper. Think about this for a second. Because that values people. That lets you know, number one, that we care about your kid. If you've got a child in that nursery right now that's being tended to by someone, we want you to know we care enough about your kid that we're not going to hand your kid back to you with the poopy diaper. We're going to change that baby's diaper for you. I think the second thing we do is we value you to know that when you check your kid out, you don't have to go by the bathroom and take care of that. We've already taken care of that for you. We value you as an individual. This is what we do as church. See, some of you don't even know that. You don't know we do that. But the only way we do that is if people pull their resources to make that happen. It takes money to buy diapers. We do not get our diapers off of a diaper tree. We buy them at Sam's. And Sam's, does, you don't walk up to the cash register at Sam's and say, Well, I'm with the church. Oh, well, then everything in your buggy's free. Doesn't happen that way, does it? But when people pull their resources together, we can do stuff like change babies' diapers. We can do stuff like that because we together as a community have committed to give in order to make that happen. And I mean, that funnels its way down through every ministry of the church. It funnels its way down to everything we're striving to do. I would hope that all of you are thankful today that none of us are sitting in an unheated environment. How do we how do how do you how do you in today's world with that as expensive as electricity is, how in the world and gas bills are how do you how do you as a group of people sustain air conditioning and heating a building? You do it because not one person's doing it. It's a group of people that look at an aquatic center and say, that adds redeeming value to my life and my family. And I'm I'm willing to to give. I'm willing to pass that bond issue. Why? Because, Because it has redeeming value to my life to be a part of a community that does things like that. And for you to be a part of a community, see, this has got to get the church, this has got to get a hold of the heart of the church because the kingdom of God operates in, 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 in the world's system. Jesus didn't come and plant the church in the middle of some stratosphere up there. He planted the church right in the middle of the world's system. And so there are promises tied to these givings. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly. That God is going to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What are the good works? The good work is the ministry. It's, It's sowing in the kingdom of God. As it's written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What is the harvest of your righteousness? Well, for somebody today, it's the fact that you sowed a seed into the church and the church bought diapers. The harvest of your righteousness is that we value those babies and we value the parents of those babies. that we've turned the heat on. I mean, we have a, electronic thermostats that turned it on for you at 4 a.m. this morning. 4 a.m. the heat came on so that this building would be thoroughly warm for you when you got here. That's the, that's the harvest of your righteousness, that there are kids over here in kids' ministry today, and there's going to be at least one kid leave this house today singing a Jesus song. There's going to be at least one kid, at least one. I know it's going to be more, but there's going to be at least one kid that leaves this place today that has a little bit of Jesus in their heart that can walk away and say, this is what I learned at church today, that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that's the harvest of your righteousness. It's, it's, it's the same deal in our community. It's me driving on the campus uh, uh, and buildings I've never been into, but I know kids are getting a great education there. Baylor's graduating class with four hundred million dollars worth of scholarships represented on the seats of that place. I am um, a redeeming value system. that's the harvest of your righteousness what can God do through you the big question is what can God do through us what can happen through us if we if we become the community that God has called us to be well I will tell you that this word here says that he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that God's going to take care of our needs, both personally and corporately and increase the store of seed and will enlarge that harvest of our righteousness so that we will be enriched in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God you can be generous Tyler Paget, a friend of mine in Springfield, Missouri Put a tweet out last night that went over Facebook as well, and he said this: "Oh dear Lord Jesus, please let the person who wins the lottery sow some seed toward Courageous Church." I'm like, well, I didn't hurt to pray it, but generous. Make you generous and say, "Here, I'm going to take care of that." I'm going to take care of that ministry. I'm going to take care of those people. I'm going to take care of that because I recognize the blessing of God that's happening in my life. But listen, if we have everybody do that, what an amazing accomplishment that could happen in the kingdom of God. That if everybody, if everybody did something, if everybody embraced the idea of of community because it's a part of grace and and it's very powerful. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 6 and 7. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. He was talking about they were taking up an offering. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, and knowledge, and complete earnestness, and in, in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving as a community we need to listen to the influence of the Holy Spirit and do the things that God has prepared for us to do with the seed that he has given us in our life and as we walk in his grace the kingdom of God is furthered through our togetherness don't you want to be a part of a community that's doing something great I know I do I've exemplified that in every area of my life I know I do would you stand with me Here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for us corporately real quick. I'm going to call for our prayer partners in just a moment if you need special prayer. I'm going to ask them to have offering buckets available in the back if you would like to sow a special seed toward the Philippines. You can do that on your way out or you can give it to me personally. If you have a particular thing you would like to see done, you can talk to me about that. I will be available after this service. And I'm going to pray right now for God to bless us in Jesus' name. Can you pray with me? Father, I'm thanking you right now for your blessing. I pray for your touch upon this people, upon this church, as we consider the strong implications of community. I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit is calling for us to do. I thank you for your anointing and our, for your blessing and everything that you're doing in our lives. And I'm going to give you praise for what we are going to accomplish as a church in this next year. I'm thanking you for that right now as we build a stronger and more faith-producing community. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. I love you. Our prayer partner is coming forward. If you are sick, you have a need, you need prayer, I want you to come forward and have one of our partners.